What up, brawlers? Welcome back. Well, welcome, because this is the first episode to Throwing Hands, the fighting and UFC podcast of the United to the Moose. I am right here with my associate, Danny Woods. Daniel, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this podcast. So, we were supposed to meet last week, but due to scheduling issues and people not being able to come, Nick was sick. We couldn't do a Wilder Fury preview, but so we're just going to review today. Anyway... So, interesting fight. Over in seven rounds, they threw in the towel. But, Daniel, what did you think was going to happen before this fight happened? Uh, going in, I, I wasn't really sure what to make of this. Uh, Fury uh, seemed to tire out in the first fight as it went along. Wilder obviously knocked him down a couple times in the late rounds. Uh, so, I was expecting Fury to probably come out and, and do something similar to what we saw in their first fight where he was... Uh, moving on his feet a lot, keeping keeping Fury or excuse me Wilder on his toes, uh, staying staying away from that big right hand, and and try to stretch this one out over some longer rounds. I don't think I was expecting him to be as aggressive as he was going after after Wilder, and I was really expecting Wilder to just hunt for that right hand as much as possible. Uh, but Fury came out so hard at him, he wasn't able to do that. He was back on his heels almost the entire fight. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Like I was expecting. Like, I wasn't expecting Fury to be really aggressive in this fight. I was really expecting... I mean, he didn't really go defensive last time, but he was a lot more conservative in the last fight because this was one of his first fights back. But, I mean, great story. (laughs) Absolutely. How he came back, depression, addiction, and then he came back, and now he's on top of the world. But I really didn't expect what happened to unfold in that fight. Like, so, first round, I mean, it was a pretty even round, I thought. Uh, It could have gone either way. Wilder won the second round, but Fury really affected him in this second mm-hmm. round with with the punch in the ear. What do you think that did? Uh, with with anything up up around the head, in the ears, especially, uh, you have problems with guys' equilibrium uh, moving forward, and that, I think that just kept uh, excuse me Wilder off balance. Uh, really, the rest of the fight, he was he was moving back a lot. Uh, he didn't really seem like he was all together on his feet. He was he was a little unstable. Which again, taking that shot to the ear probably contributed to that, just because it it knocked his his balance out of whack, and he was unable to to kind of keep moving forward and and bring the fight to Fury like we were expecting him to, and and at that point it really became hard for him, like I said, to hunt for that big right hand because he just didn't have the stability to to lean in and throw it against Fury, especially when. Uh, that jab was keeping him at bay so much. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I remember like the commentators saying, oh, he probably burst his ear drum. He ended up not bursting his yeah. ear drum. He got six stitches in his ear. Yeah. But if you get hit in the ear, your ears are going to ring. Now, I have tinnitus or whatever, tinnitus, whatever you want to say it is. And I remember when I got it at first, it was really loud. And my balance was thrown off. And when that, because I don't know why it throws off stuff in your head, but I get why he was off balance and, you know, his legs were weak. I mean, Fury really just dominating the fight from after that because he, he was probably concussed too after that. Yeah. You know, people don't think Fury is really that hard of a puncher, but 
we saw on Sunday, early Sunday morning, that he could definitely punch. Um, I mean, six nine at this point, two seventy three, I believe, is what he weighed in at uh, with twenty one career knockouts. The guy can punch. The guy can throw hands. Yeah, I mean, hence the, the title of this podcast. Anyway, and what I thought was interesting, like he really utilized the clinch very well. Mm-hmm. And like in my notes for the last week's podcast that we were supposed to do, I said. Fury has to utilize his clinch well in order to win this fight, and I think he definitely did that. Like, he really just wore him out. Yeah, again, uh, like I was talking about, Wilder relies so much on that big right hand, that knockout power, and Fury did a really good job of of keeping in tight with him because uh, Wilder at 6'7", he's got long arms, long legs. It takes him some space to uncoil and and throw that that big knockout punch and with with Fury able to keep it in tight but still keep him kind of at bay with that jab and then clinch when it looked like Wilder was able to get a little bit of space in tight uh, was was really important for him to carry that fight because it, again it it kept Wilder moving back and didn't really give him the opportunity to, to throw any big punches that, that could have uh, put Fury down. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, this is, like, the first opponent. Yeah, they fought him before, but that really um, was, like, this bigger than Wilder. Wilder's never fought any really, truly bigger opponents. I mean, Molina's about the same size. Ortiz is about the same size. But this is the one that really is out, out physical as Wild, Wilder, in my opinion. But, I mean, I think that kind of threw Wilder off, like, it's, he's finding a more skilled boxer that's bigger than he is. Wilder is, I mean, I think everyone can agree, not a skilled boxer whatsoever. I mean, he, I mean, when he he's technical at some points, but like, he, I mean, most of his knockouts come from like you know when he gets him up on the ropes and he starts throwing haymakers. I mean, Fury is probably the most technical boxer out there in my opinion. Wouldn't you say? I, I would have to think so because. He just he takes advantage of what kind of advantages he has against a guy like Deontay Wilder. He's able to to stick and move and uh, keep out of the way of that right hand. But then against some other quicker guys, he's able to to stand and bang and and take advantage of his his size difference over those guys. So he's really versatile. He's very well versed technically. Uh, but then from his background, his his uh, I believe his grandfather was a, a champion ba- bare knuckle boxer. Uh, that the Irish traveler, uh, I guess you would say, ethnicity that he comes from are really noted for, I mean, fighting for sport amongst one another. So he grew up kind of in as sort of a in how should I phrase this in sort of an environment where it was more of a brawling style of guys going back and forth just throwing bombs. But then as, as he grew up and moved into more of a professional realm, uh, he, he grew a lot technically. And I think that combined with that mean streak he picked up probably early in life is, is a big factor in why he's so versatile in the ring. Yeah, like what you said there, like with he's been with brawlers, like Deontay Wilder is the biggest brawler probably in heavyweight boxing history. I mean, Mike Tyson was a technical boxer and he could throw the punch, but Wilder's main thing is the punch. The right, the right uh, jab, right hook. I mean, right hand hospital, right hand cemetery, left hand hospital, and that's right. really what he. That's really his mo. And he, I mean, you could tell like he was when they threw in the when he, when they threw in the towel. You knew he got mad like because he knew all he needed was run one right hand to the jaw, and Fury was toast. But he got up the last fight, and I, nobody's really gotten up from that 
to no. the jaw. And I he, mean, Wilder, Wilder said before the fight, that's the hardest he's ever hit somebody, and they've got back up. So that's, again, that's just a testament to Tyson Fury and, and what he's able to do. He can take a punch, but he can give it right back to you. Uh, it may not be with the same power as Deontay Wilder. Not a lot of people have that kind of power. Uh, but he's just quick on his feet and uh, an outstanding counterpuncher. And that versatility is just such such a weapon because he can he can take on anybody. Yeah, and I, I think I, I don't remember who it was at the, when we were watching the fight at Matt's house, but I, it may have been Ben. And he was like, "This dude's out of shape." I'm like, uh, "No, he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's not out of shape by any means." I mean, he he probably has some extra skin for when he gained all the weight and he's lost it all. I mean, my dad's like, "This dude's completely out of shape." I'm like, "Dad, he's." probably the best boxer in the world right now it's it's an interesting thing to look at because i think it's part of what makes him so successful is sort of he is kind of unassuming other than the fact that he's six foot nine he just looks like a guy you'd see playing basketball at the ymca on a yeah, friday night. yeah really like he has that uh you know middle-aged guy yeah. body type i mean <laughs> he's Almost completely bald. Balding, I guess, is is what you'd refer to it as. He's not well-muscled in really any way, but he's just honestly a special kind of athlete that he can just adjust to anything and is so light on his feet at that size that it's a mismatch for almost anyone you put up against him. Yeah, and the thing that's tough about him is that uh, his footwork is absolutely incredible. Like, and, like, when he moves, he can switch stances, too, which yeah. throws a lot of people off. And Wilder, like, when he, like, wants, when he throws his uh, left-handed jab, he likes to hook uh, the lead hand so he can leave with that right hand. But since uh, he switches, a Fury switches stances so much, he's not used to a certain stance. And just his technicality really puts him over the top. Yeah, I think with Fury, it's a combination of that technical ability Along with his demeanor, because coming into that fight, I mean, you could tell he was loose as could be. He was extremely confident going into that fight. He knew that that first fight, he wasn't 100% of what Tyson Fury is as a fighter. And, I mean, he's coming out on a throne to a Patsy Cline song, and he's singing along with it as he's being brought down to the ring. I thought that was hilarious. And he, <laughs> he goes through a seven-round war with the heavyweight champion of the world, and is singing American Pie by Don McLean afterward. <laughs> his his attitude towards this is so, I guess, positive, which is a thing that just from a, a perspective of looking at uh, the, the mental health struggles that he's had and he openly talks about is an amazing thing to look at because I think that's a really big part of what makes him so successful is he's confident in his own abilities. He knows what he can do in the ring, and he allows the rest – to just take care of itself, which, I mean, Deontay Wilder was laser-focused, uh, came in, it looked kind of tight, and... Yeah, the I think the odds were uh, plus 125 to uh, Fury and negative 180 to Wilder. Like, it was dead even. It was a close fight. And just that looseness that you got out of Fury allowed him uh, to, to really make the first move as he was the first one to get comfortable and in such a close fight like that, that's really all it takes is who can make that first move and take control early because with people that evenly matched, it's just one slight advantage that can turn the tables. Yeah, and that when, he, when Fury threw that right hand to Wilder's ear, kind of the back of the head, Nick was saying, like, oh, that was an illegal hit. Yeah, technically it was, but 
uh, Wilder kind of just put his head into it. No, he leaned right into it. I mean, he kind of asked for it then. I mean, and Wilder just, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the fight, like, you know how they, like, do the peek into the room. I I felt like Wilder was nervous because he was pacing around the room. Like, he didn't seem confident like he was in his other fights. And Fury, Fury was just chilling. <laughs> He's in boxer briefs and a baggy T-shirt. 45 minutes before yeah. the fight. <laughs> Millie rocking in his dressing room. Like, he was completely loose, whereas Wilder was completely gassed up. I think that's another thing. Wilder came in so hyped up uh, with the big entrance and, and the outfit, which that's, that's a whole other story. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll get to that, that later. <laughs> that we can get into another time. But he came in so high, and Fury was just level-headed. And you see this in just about any sport. If you get up that high, you're going to crash. And in a sport where it's so focused on energy and and those bursts of ability coming out, as boxing is, he just ran out of gas too early. Yeah, and I think think the thing with Fury is that he's been there before. Like, I mean, he had... He's a lineal champion of the world, and he he had all the belts at one point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Wilder's only had the WBC belt, and I think because he was in that position and he wants to get back to that position, he was a lot more motivated to win that fight. And, I mean, yeah, Wilder has wanted that unification fight for Joshua, and Joshua has been wanting that fight, and they're like, oh, the other side backed out. But that, I mean, that doesn't really apply right now. Right. So I think Fury, having been in that position before, before to win a belt and then trying to get all the belts back kind of motivated and pushed him up. I, I would have to think so just because, I mean, the rise and fall of Tyson Fury is really the biggest story we've seen in professional boxing in at least the last two decades, I'd have to say. So his his ability to turn that around and be nearly back to the top of the mountain and with with talks of an Anthony Joshua unification fight uh, coming up at some point, and, I'm, and that's something we can talk about later, uh, but... That's that had to be a motivating factor, just because he knew he wasn't 100 percent of, like I said, 100 percent of what Tyson Fury is as a fighter. He knew he wasn't that the first time these two squared off, and I think we saw that Saturday night, uh, just because of how thoroughly he dominated Deontay Wilder in six of those seven rounds. Yeah, definitely, and just I don't know. I just I just find his story so fascinating. Like, I mean, not n- hardly anyone would get back to the point like at their prime after what he's been through with addiction and you know depression i just i just find him absolutely phenomenal so we're gonna move on a little bit here what do you think's next for deontay wilder i really don't know i mean the big thing coming out of this fight was as the loser will he or won't he uh take fury up with that rematch clause and i mean the reports are that uh, he he has decided to to pick up the rematch clause. He had 30 days to make a decision on that, but he and, if, he and his camp have, I guess, decided to pick up that rematch clause. So we will get Fury Wilder three, but you throw the Anthony Joshua excuse me the Anthony Joshua situation in there with Fury uh, with a possible unification fight that they're saying could happen as early as late 2020. So I I don't really know what's next for Wilder. I mean, there's gonna be a third fight with Tyson Fury. But as for as for who is is in between there, who he probably fights in that meantime, I don't really know who it is because he's thoroughly dominated everyone he's ever faced, other than Tyson Fury. Yeah, I, I think what Waters what Water wants to do it this summer, and I don't know. I mean, that's just like that's going to be tough to like 
a that's range. A, that's a quick turnaround. That's a really quick turnaround, especially for that big of a fight. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, I don't really know what's going to happen with with that fight. I mean, yeah, I I I think Joshua Fury could happen toward the end of the year, but I I think the smarter move for Water would be to wait until Fury and Joshua have their fight, mm-hmm. and then challenge whoever then. Well, if Fury wins, which right. I, I that'd be that'd be an incredible fight to watch. Yes, but so whoever wins, I think Wilder would want to challenge that to try to get right. all the belts. I don't think it'd be in his best interest to just possibly just get demolished again. Right. I think I think that's probably his best course of action. He may just take a lower level opponent at some point, just to just to sort of a tune up as we we saw him do uh, between the two Fury fights, uh, but. From my perspective, that's probably in terms of in terms of marquee fights the best move for him, because, there, like we said, there's going to be a third fight between him and Tyson Fury. I would wait until after that Fury Joshua fight, and if Fury wins, then Wilder Fury three becomes a title fight. Yeah, and if Joshua wins, he challenges Anthony Joshua, and then if if he wins if he wins that fight with Anthony Joshua. Then Fury Wilder three becomes again a title fight, but with Wilder holding all the gold. Yeah, I mean, just think about how the gate for that fight, <laughs> a third fight. I mean, wouldn't you want to wait for that? Let's be honest. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Get all- you, you have to let it build because I think that's one of the bigger things uh, that led to so much hype behind Fury Wilder two is you had this huge fight that ended in controversial fashion. It ends with the split decision draw, but then there was a large chunk of time between fights between these two guys. And that allowed the mystique around both guys to build. It allowed uh, the questions about Tyson Fury getting knocked down in the late rounds uh, to be overanalyzed as to what he could bring to the table against Deontay Wilder. And then the strategy from both sides were, were really looked into deeply. And it, it built up a, a great narrative, but it didn't really affect the second fight because yeah. it was Fury going on the offensive in that one instead of sort of... Uh, playing that bob and weave yeah. style that we saw a lot in the first fight, so to get that kind of speculation, it takes time to build yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you get nearly the hype that you could you got after you know about a year and a fourth, um, like with the with the second fight with five six months turnaround. Right, you, you can't, and I think, I mean, people would expect more of the same. Like rather than you know Fury and Joshua fighting, oh, like, and like let's say Fury wins, okay, this could be different, you know. It's all the belts, all the marbles that Wilder would want rather than just, you know, one belt. Or even if, you know, because they, ex- uh, what's it called, executed the clause or whatnot, it could just be a normal fight and nobody wants that. And I think another a tune-up fight for Wilder would be Ruiz potentially because he beat yeah. Joshua. That That's a definite possibility. Uh, it, it'd be interesting because, honestly, if, if Wilder, if all he's gunning for is that, that Fury fight, Taking something that's a little bit higher profile like Ruiz is a, a, a bit of a risk for him because Ruiz is, has proven he's got the ability to hang with some of the, the top-end contenders right now. And Yeah, he beat Joshua yeah. and then went 12 rounds with him. Yeah, that's that's not a fight you want to <laughs> lose if you're Deontay Wilder, and I think it's one that he could possibly drop if things go the right way for Ruiz. Yeah, if he definitely lets his guard down because when um, Joshua didn't really prepare for that fight against no. Ruiz. And uh, he let his guard down, and I mean, 
I'll admit, I'd probably let my guard down again. He's totally unsuspecting. He's unimposing, entirely unimposing, but he's got a ton of ability. So he's a, he's a he's a technical boxer. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Which that's that's a scary thing for Deontay Wilder. Like we talked about, that's really what him gave him troubles with Fury. So if if Ruiz would be able to to kind of nail things down on the technical side and keep Wilder at bay. That's that's a bad matchup for him. Yeah, I think that would be scary. I mean, I think another good move for him would be maybe maybe going against Brazil again because yeah. I know Brazil Brazil's a good fighter, but I mean Fury just right hand right hand cemetery right yeah. to the jaw like a minute and a half in. So that really that really threw him off. Okay, so now on the next topic, what do you think's next for Fury? I think I think we kind of bi- covered base on this, but I don't yeah I don't know like. I really think he should just try to wait for jo- the Joshua fight. I would think so. And Anthony Joshua, I think, has shown that that's something his camp has interest in. So I think that would have to be the next fight for Tyson Fury. Again, like we talked about with Wilder, that's something you probably have to build over at least several months, if if not close to a year. So I would expect to see that late 2020, if that's the next fight for, for both of these guys. So I think that has to be the next step for Fury. At least that's what you have to pursue uh, the hardest for Tyson Fury. And I think I think both sides are open to that, and I think that's likely what we're going to see. Yeah, I, I think – I personally think Wilder Fury will – no, not Wilder Fury. Fury Joshua will probably be next. But, I mean, if Fury – I mean, if Wilder wants the rematch coming up this summer, I guess it will probably happen. Okay, I got to ask. What do you think of the uh, suit excuse that – <laughs> when Wilder walked out with a 45-pound suit. You're a six foot seven, 230-plus world-class caliber athlete, Olympic medalist, world heavyweight champion. You've been training for months for this fight alone, and you can't hold up 45 pounds for 15 minutes. Give me a break. I, I know. I mean, yeah, okay. I can understand how somebody like me, you know, a 5'11", 178-pound dude could get a little tired from walking with 45 pounds on my back for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But you're, you are, you are clearly one of the best athletes out there. And I, I think it's a pathetic excuse for a loss. He should have just taken the out. You know what? I'll be back next time. Yeah, you, you just need to take your lumps and move on. He obviously came into that fight expecting to be able to take Fury down with that big hand, and he just wasn't able to do it. And Fury game-planned better than him. Uh, Wilder is really a one-trick pony. It's probably the best trick in the book. Is, yeah, is that trick in boxing. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> huge power from the right side. But Fury was able to game-plan around it, yeah. and it, it took Wilder pretty much out of the fight. He was kept back on his heels, uh, like I said several times, and at that point, you just got to take the loss, move on, and try to get better for the next opportunity you have. Yeah, I feel like you know Fury can adapt to f- adapt to his fighters as the fight goes on. Wilder just just has one 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 trick in the book, and I think that's what I mean. Going to like middleweight, lightweight, but you know that's what made Mayweather great. He could adapt to any fighter that he, that was put in front of him in the ring, and that's what makes Fury great too. He, he they're so technical boxers. They're boxers. They're not fighters. Fury Wilder's a Wilder's a fighter. He's not a boxer. He's a brawler. Fury and Mayweather are boxers, and they yeah. know what they're doing. That's what makes them so great. That's that's the thing about both of those guys, and I like that comparison because 
they're both students of boxing. They have an appreciation for the craft that, that boxing is. And that's that's not a knock on Deontay Wilder. He's extremely talented. He's an outstanding athlete. And, and he, I mean, he started boxing when he was 20? Yeah, like, he was at least at least high school age. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But for for somebody like Tyson Fury, that boxing is is everything. It's in his family. It's it's in his family. Just like Mayweather. Like Mayweather. It's in his family, it's in his blood, it's all he knows. And a lot of a lot like you see where in college basketball or football, you see the coach's son is the most cerebral player on the court or on the field. Uh, Tyson Fury, who has grown up with something like this, similarly to how Floyd Mayweather did, it, he's the most cerebral player in the game. And he, he can take you down mentally and physically because he has every physical ability in the ring, but then that mental edge that he brings is just enough to put him over the top on anyone. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just so confident when he gets in the ring. He, and he's not cocky with it, too. Wilder's cocky, but in a sense, he's not like... He's, he's confident to an extent... But like he's so, he Wilder is so like in his head about it. Like I'm going to win with. He always says the right hand. He always says the right hand, and he doesn't he doesn't rely on anything else, which I don't get. Uh, Wilder, he's he's a little bit of a frustrating fighter because he relies so much on the right hand, and honestly, I mean anybody would. It's <laughs> if, if I had that powerful right hand, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly, but he's. He's kind of frustrating because more than I think we've ever seen Deontay Wilder end up in the corner. Uh, so it was just just a weird thing to see somebody that confident and and that powerful and that talented uh, just kind of forced to back down against Tyson Fury uh, just because he didn't have anything else he could go to. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, Deontay Wilder said this. He's gonna like change up his whole crew, maybe maybe change up his trainer in order to for this third rematch. So I don't, I don't know. What do you expect from uh, Wilder Fury three? That's that's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, as thoroughly dominant as Tyson Fury was in the second fight, I mean, you have to bring him in as a as a decently heavy favorite, uh, but. Wilder can say how much he's going to change all he wants, but we've never seen him do it. We've yeah. never seen him uh, be anything other than that power puncher who uh, just wants to get you backed up and, and land that big right and put you to sleep. So do we have any evidence that, that he can change up that style? No, but I wouldn't bet against it because, I mean, you like you said, he started boxing late. And within ten years, he's the heavyweight champion of the world and one of the one of the best fighters on the planet. So, I think he has every athletic ability and probably the the mental ability and the the cerebral ability to be able to change up his style some. But until we see him do it in the ring, I, I have to assume Tyson Fury is probably going to do something similar to what we saw in the second fight. Yeah, definitely. So you know. I think that's a pretty decent place to wrap it up. I mean, we talked talked some some good, some good boxing today. So, tune in next week. I think you're going to like this one, Daniel. We got UFC 248 card. We got uh Weili Zhang and Joanna on the co-main. And we got Yoel Romero and Israel Adesanya on the main. Oh. <laughs> 
I just want to I just want to take a moment about of course. this. Uh, take a moment with this. This is maybe and this this isn't probably something that will will be shared very widely. This might be one of my favorite UFC matchups of all time. I'm excited. Is Israel Adesanya <laughs> so unorthodox? Just his style. He is my favorite fighter in the UFC and from from my perspective and anytime I get into talking UFC with somebody. I have to bring this up. Yoel Romero is the most terrifying person on the planet. Dude, oh, dude, I forget whose knockout it was, who he knocked out, but he he hit him and he hit him down, and he like leaned up against the the cage, and then Romero comes in with the right the right uppercut and puts his head against the cage. Who was that against? I, off the top of you, my you head, you know what I'm talking about. I, exactly, but off the top of my head, I can't put it together. But we're talking about a guy that one has that kind of punching power. Two is as big as he is at 42 years and old. And a middleweight. At middleweight. <laughs> and three is a world champion freestyle wrestler. He's not He's not a mixed martial artist, but yeah. Adesanya. He's a trained killer is what he is. <laughs> yeah, it's so – he is the most he, – he's – you know what? We're going to get into this next yes. week. This ne- next week's episode – I, I'm going to be all over that because this this is going to be a great fight. It's yeah. it's going to be a pretty good card. It took a little bit of a hit with with Bobby Whitaker and Jared Cannonier getting taken off the card. Cannonier is probably going to get another uh, another uh, competitor on short notice. I mean, there's talk it could be Darren Till. That doesn't seem likely, uh, but that's a fight I would love to see and one I would really get up for. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm really excited for 248. All right. You're going to like next week. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you next time.